Welcome to I Got Back Up. I'm Talia Lazarus, creator of I Got Back Up. And in August 2021, I was in a road accident. I didn't walk for 10 weeks. I had knee surgery that September and a second double knee surgery in February 22. My journey took me through greatest highs and extreme lows. We don't realize how much we take for granted until it is all taken away. The day I was able to get a glass of water all by myself was one of those little moments in life. Everyone has a story, and as humans, we always talk about when someone is back up or how something happened, but we don't discuss the middle part, the recovery, the journey, the darkness, the continuous roller coaster of ups and downs. It's a taboo subject for most, but here it's not. You have a chance to change your story, your outcome, your next chapter. You can face all your hurdles, obstacles and walls with us and those around you. You are not alone. We recover together. On today's episode, I sit down with Ben Pearson to talk through his journey after a rugby injury led him to amputation and parasports. Life is a learning process. And how do we create a new normal from our stories? Understand the challenges, obstacles and ups and downs Ben faced and how he can officially say he has completed Netflix. One of life's goals, obviously. Hey, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. It's nice that we are currently experiencing still blue skies in London. <laughs> yes, after a couple of rainy days. Yeah, after a couple of rainy days, actually, it's been nice to enjoy the weather again. But I guess that's what all Brits do is they talk about the weather. Yeah, yeah massively. <laughs> They do. Anyway, so obviously we're here today to speak to you to find everything out about what's happened and your story and your journey. So the mic is over to you. So when I was 21, I was playing rugby for a team called Ealing Trailfinders. Mm-hmm. And uh, in one in the game, uh, I got tackled and I broke my, uh, my, my leg. I broke my tib fib. Um, and then I went to the local hospital, had an operation called a nailing. Uh, which is basically where they put a, a nail through your front bone. Um, and within six to eight weeks, you're meant to be back running, playing, walking, um, back to normal life pretty much. And uh, unfortunately, I got something something called compartment syndrome, which is just where your leg swells, and that stops the um, blood flow. And then that's meant to be operated in six to eight hours, release that pressure, and mm-hmm. everything's back to like you might lose a little bit but mm-hmm. everything's pretty much back to normal and um unfortunately the hospital was out waited five days so by the time they then eventually opened everything up i think it died all my muscle had a lot of muscle wastage um where my tendons were attached they all became like detached mm-hmm. so with a smile on your yeah. face <laughs> And, uh, yeah, well, I've got some cool photos of it all, but, um... No, send me them, I want to see. I will, I will. But, uh, yeah, so then everything happened, and they... I was then eventually told at Ealing Hospital about a week and a half later, oh, it's fine, we're just going to send you to um, St Mary's in London, you're going to have a skin graft, mm-hmm. you're going to come back the same day, uh, and we'll be able to then discharge you, uh, you'll have a bit of physio, and you should be back walking pretty well, and... I will see where you're at. Uh, I got to St. Mary's Hospital, mm-hmm. uh, where I met the surgeon. And he was like, Ben, look, I'm going to be really honest with you. Um, we're very close to losing your leg right now. Mm-hmm. You've still got a lot of dead muscle in there. Um, 
your bones nowhere near healed. Um, I've done a swab. I'm pretty scared it's infected. Mm-hmm. So he then sent all that stuff off and did his medical jazz. And um, I went into an operation and woke up that evening. Um, and they were like, look, we're going to keep you here. Mm-hmm. We found a few more things that were wrong. Um, some of my nerves had been uh, severed, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so then I went through around i was in st mary's that first time about i think it was about three months Mm -hmm. i went through about 12 operations um just trying to sort everything out get rid of all the dead muscle trying to keep it clean Mm -hmm. um and eventually they discharged me and i was happy i was allowed home (laughs) um and then yeah within three weeks I got sepsis mm-hmm. um, just from where the metal work had originally been infected. It just took a bit of time due to when I was in the hospital being on antibiotics, it took a bit of time to come on. Um, and I was at home and I was like, I'm not going back to hospital. I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. And my parents were like, Oh, okay. <laughs> this is your choice. <laughs> like, um, and I was like, look, I'm 21. I'm an adult now. Um, I'm, I'm not going back. <laughs> and they were like, I think we should get a set like come on let's yeah. go and i waited a week i managed to convince them for, but like on that i had to be carried to the car that yeah. my body was shutting down so maybe moral of the story i should listen to them but don't tell them that yeah, um, it's like kids listen to them yeah yeah there is a there is a point where i know i've done it before it's like well you know i'm i'm this age now yeah exactly uh, I, I, I i i can't make a decision for suddenly myself. you're like oh I'm, I'm an adult. <laughs> I have freedom. Yeah, you, and you forget. <laughs> your parents are still trying to tell you like how you were when you were ten, and like yeah. no, <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, yeah, uh, so yeah, they they love to remind me of that yeah, fact. Sure. Um, but yeah, so I went back in. Then I had to have the uh, metal work removed because mm-hmm. that was what's infected and the bone wasn't healing. And I had something called a X-fix a cage put on, mm-hmm. which is basically so instead of having metal work in your body all on the outside and it just drills in okay. um so it's like two halo rings that go around mm-hmm. uh, your leg and then you just got rods going mm-hmm. in and um it's a bit like a meccano set okay that on the outside there's you get given a spanner mm-hmm. and like each day there's numbers on each, the outside and you've got to tighten or loosen it to remove your bone okay um so i was in that then for six months um they are horrible mm-hmm. they are tough tough things and like feeling your bone move across bone and knowing that you're doing it is mm. it's pretty grim mm. <laughs> to say the least um but yeah that was a tough time to get through that bit um because i really saw that i wasn't able to move about mm-hmm. i got back in the gym i got back deadlifting and through like the rugby club they were amazing um and through my old physio uh jacob he he smashed out of the park and we were back, like, back in with the boys and lifting weight. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so I got back lifting on it and through my Instagram you can sort of see that there was one day I could barely squat without holding a crutch mm-hmm. and then suddenly I was back deadlifting mm-hmm. a couple of weeks. Like, it was pretty decent. But went back uh, in January and had, was it or January or February time, uh, of 2019 and had the X-fix all removed. Mm-hmm. And what we realized was the bone hadn't fully healed, but there was enough of it there that mm-hmm. it was sort of stable. But because there was nothing left of my ankle 
and sort of lower leg. Um, the second we took all the pins and the fixings away, mm-hmm. it just sort of flapped about. It like I had no control over it. It um, couldn't really do anything on it. I was in one of those moon boots, um, like the grey ones. They've got the airbags. Yeah. Um, but I could only walk like 200 metres in it. Okay. Um, so I was pretty restricted to, to everything I was doing. And, yeah. Um, yeah, just I was trying to fill my time whilst I was rehabbing. Um, and then I was like to my surgeon, I was like, look, I can't personally live like this. Um, I'm quite active. I like mm-hmm. to get out and about. I can't, you'll probably notice it now that I just, I can't sit still. I like to spin. Yeah. So I just, I just couldn't live like that. And I was just like, look, I need to, I've, I've researched that I can have amputated, mm-hmm. but only it's quite well. I can get back running. I can get back in the gym. I can get back. Just if I want to go for a walk and go for a walk. Um, and here's, I look, it's not as simple as, yeah, that you're going to have still some issues, but I agree. That's probably the best route for you. But then we had to go through trying to convince the NHS, basically the way it was sort of explained to me is you're, you're, you're a number at the end of the day. And, um, over your lifetime, you're going to cost so much in averages of you should really have this many like trips to hospital or you're going to, um, if I have my leg amputated, Mm -hmm. my price increases. So they want to do everything that they can before mm-hmm. it's the last resort because they know that I will cost the system more in the long run. Okay. Um, so that's how it was sort of explained to me. And I was then just like, I get that, but I need to do this. And he was like, no, look, I agree. And he started fighting for it to and nail. And um, so did his like team of surgeons. Um, and eventually three months later, we got it through the, like the board of, wise men who make all these decisions mm-hmm. and um yeah i had my station in august 2019 so just had my anniversary um happy anniversary thank you <laughs> thank you very much um but yeah so i was then through that um that was a that was a big day for me to be fair i walked into the operating theater in this moon boot got wheeled out to intensive care <laughs> eight hours later. Um, but yeah, so that was, and that's then just the start of where my like real rehab kicked in. Um, which was weird because I'd done so much rehab with like the rugby club when they had preseason, I was allowed back in and I went through like their preseason with Mm -hmm. them being working and, uh, Jacob would just be like setting me ridiculous stuff to do. And, um, yeah, so then, like, I then had to, like, lay there. I was in for two weeks because I had my infection sort of kicked up again. Um, so I was back on antibiotics, and they were like, look, this is now where it counts. Um, so I put a lot of work in and got walking within uh, six weeks, mm-hmm. got into my first prosthetic, um, which is averagely quite high. It's quite quick. Um not that I'm proud of it or anything, but it's actually <laughs> quite quick. It's <laughs> fine. You're allowed to drop that in. It's fine. <laughs> I thought subtly would work. Um, it does always subtly work, but you, you know, you know, you can make them as subtle as possible, but you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, I was then just rehabbing every day at Charing Cross Hospital in um, 
it's technically Fulham. Um, and yeah, got back, rehabbed for a good eight months, I think it was, before mm-hmm. I got like fully walking without crutches, got back to a good position. Um, and then obviously, so then I got um, in contact through rugby uh, with a charity called the Matt Hampson Foundation. Mm-hmm. And Matt was a rugby player. Uh, at, he used to play for Tigers. Less Tigers, and he was in England under 21 camp, and they were doing live scrums. And the old rules for scrums is obviously they wouldn't bind beforehand, they'd just go at each other okay. sort of as hard as possible. And there it collapsed, and it collapsed onto his neck and mm-hmm. um, broke his neck. So now he's unfortunately paralyzed from um, just below the break and all the down he's on a ventilator. Mm-hmm. Um, but he set up this amazing foundation where they're just trying to help people who have been had life changing injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so they picked me up and um, they were having this day at uh, Loughborough and they were like, just come along. I went there and I met uh, a coach. Oh, well, I met one of the head of Paris Sport there and um, them finding out that I used to play rugby and I'm quite sporty. They're like, okay, this is, this is quite interesting for us. And um, then my current, uh, my coach got involved and he was like, no, I want you, I want you to come mm-hmm. here. Um, so yeah, uh, then the pandemic hit. Yeah, everyone knows that. So we had the, uh, <laughs> the long, the long wait at home and I wasn't sure what was going to happen, obviously. Um, and suddenly I got a phone call in like um, June, no, maybe July. And it was like, oh, do you want to move up to Lapra next, um, next month mm-hmm. and start training? And I was like, yeah, cool. Why not? <laughs> Let's crack on. Um, so yeah, I got a blade made, um, and off I went mm-hmm. and started running. So that's yeah, that's pretty much me. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's uh, I like the pretty much started running. So that's a good line. And obviously, where where are you now with regards to things like that? So I've now just retired at the uh, old age of twenty five. <laughs> I'm a retiree. Hey, everyone's got to do it. Get my armchair at home. <laughs> can see what life is. Golf courses. Uh, uh, yeah, are you, I mean, you do play just... golf. He's <laughs> 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 playing golf. Yeah, <laughs> it's tough. It's a tough life. Um, but no, yeah, I've just had an amazing two days at the Belfry uh, mm-hmm. for the foundation. Um, so I was really lucky with that. But um, yeah, I've, I've. I went into sport probably in hindsight too quickly now, mm-hmm. um, straight back into professional, like into professional sport and gym in mm-hmm. three, four times a week, plus then run days, like mm-hmm. you're sprinting, you're exerting a lot from your body. Um, and I have issues sleeping, just do pain through my stump and stuff. Um, so what was happening was I'd train, I wouldn't recover. I'd train again. And that cycle just broke my body. Um, from long-term crutches use mm-hmm. i'm a bit rounded over um so sort of my back and my shoulders is arched a little bit and um, just from where the muscles have tightened from where i've been on mm-hmm. on crutches um i've got two trap nerves one each side mm-hmm. so um i wake up and it's a bit uh like numb arms get like the whole start trying to flap them about to get blood blood mm-hmm. flow and get the old pins and needles going um and then i've inflamed my fascia uh, joints uh, down the back of my spine. Okay. So um, I'm really in a good place, fit and healthy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, I've got to just have, uh, I've got to have an operation now on my stump and take a bit of time to get my yeah. body actually into a good place 
um, which means that I'd miss the 2024 Paralympics, mm-hmm. uh, which was my first big goal. Um, so for me, it's a bit of a where I am. Unfortunately, how old I am, mm-hmm. um, I would be knocking on the door of probably 30, 31 mm-hmm. um, by the time that the Paralympics in LA come around, okay. um, which is probably not too viable for me, unfortunately. So, I mean, never say never. Never say never, and I'm, I like, I, I am going to look back into other sports, etc. But my first like primary concern right now is body health, and then yeah. just see what happens. I think that is what happens with, I'm going to say a lot of people is that you, when you start to feel like you are getting, let's say better, and I'll say it like that, because, you know, in in whatever it is and kind of whatever has happened to somebody, when you feel like you are getting to a place where you feel good enough to do that again, that's where a lot of the time you want to rush into it. And there will be like 98% of people telling you not to do it, but you're like, I'm going to do it anyway yeah. because I feel like I can. And that, uh, you know, it's an interesting thing as well. Um, you know, I, when I, after my knee surgeries and I started to want to, to I, you know, I, I was going to the gym and I was, you know, squatting heavier and I was trying to slowly push myself that bit yeah. more. And I had so many people saying, Talia, yeah. slow down. <laughs> no, but I don't want to slow down, Talia, slow yeah, down. Yeah. And they, it, it's, it's, you don't realize it because you start to feel that you can do this again, you know, if you've been out of whatever it is for such a long time, and once you could start to almost taste it again, you just want to keep going. And it's the people around you that say, no, 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 slow down. Think about the long term rather than right here in the moment. Yeah, massively. And I think like when you've, you know, so for me, I knew who I was before. Yeah. I knew how much I could squat, how much I could bench, how much I could lift. I knew those numbers. Mm -hmm. Suddenly I got back. (laughs) I suddenly got back in the gym and I was like, can't lift that anymore yeah i can't i can't do that and you're like mm-hmm. no i want to lift that mm-hmm. i want to lift those numbers again mm-hmm. just because like a bit of an ego thing and a bit of like just that you want to get back to where you were yeah and you want to be able to sort of feel you're that person again yeah even though like you look at it and you, I've, I've changed so much and I'm, I'm now a different person probably a lot more rounded um and so many like benefits and good things has happened to me out of what's happened mm-hmm. But at the same time, I knew the numbers, like I've got a real fixation on numbers and gym. Yeah. So like the gym was like my, my safe place yeah. and where I'd go and I just look and then you'd get there and you'd be like, oh, I want to, I want to mm-hmm. lift again. And I like my, S, my, uh, S and C coach, uh, Lapra, I think like genuinely, I think he hated me, but he loved me, but he hated me because <laughs> <laughs> every time, like he was like, all right, let's work. Let's look at technique. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. He was like, let's drop the weight. And I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and he'd walk away and I'd suddenly put some plates back on. And he'd be like, Ben, come on. Yeah, and then yeah. I was like, yeah, but I've got it out of my system now. Mm-hmm. And he's like, let's look at technique. And I was like, I'm a bit tired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny that you say yeah. that. No, it is. It's really funny because I, again, when I was starting to go heavier with my squats, and I was saying to my physio, oh, no, please, can I go heavier? No, Talia, technique. Oh, but please, can yeah. I go heavier? Yeah. And then I got to a point where I did go heavier for a few weeks, and I didn't tell him. <laughs> I have told him now. <laughs> I, I, told him, I told him the other day. But for a few weks, I was going heavier. And um, I just I wasn't telling him because I just I, I knew. I just yeah. I didn't want to tell him. Yeah. And um, I actually saw him the other day, my physio and um, Colin. 
And uh, I saw Colin the other day and um, I said to him, oh, by the way, I uh, I was going a bit heavier because he was reading my program. He yeah. said, so we're still on 20 kilograms. I was like, no. <laughs> he was like, what do you mean? I, was like, I went heavier. Is and that, he was fine. Yeah. He was fine. He was like, how long have you been heavier? And I was like, a while. <laughs> you know, I just didn't want to tell you. But here, I, I'm telling you yeah. now. Yeah. It's like that old, oh. Better to ask for forgiveness exactly. than it is permission. <laughs> that old one, but like, yeah, like I'd sit there and every morning. So you'd get into the gym for like nine a.m. You'd sit about, start to warm up, and that's mm-hmm. when the S and C's would come in, and you'd have a quick chat with them, and you'd sort of be there, like, uh I've seen my program today. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> yeah, and then you'd go do it, and they'd be like, "It's not, it's not what's written down, Ben, is it?" And I'm like, "No." <laughs> And it looks good, doesn't it? Yeah. And they're yeah. like, no. Yeah. <laughs> so, but like, from their point of view, there's a process. There's a, mm-hmm. you know, but it's that mentality thing of where you're like, I used to do this. Yeah. I used to squat this amount, and I used to squat that amount, and an ego thing to a degree is that you want to get back to that, and you want to sort of be the person that you were before. Because yeah. one thing is that you don't want to be defined by what's happened to you, mm-hmm. but you have to be defined by what's happened to you because you have to own it. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's one of those like hard mixes yeah. of getting it right. But I think like human instinct, especially for me, was like, you want those numbers back. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, uh, you're really fixated on the numbers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you it's can one see of the, the issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see it's processing still. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I can see you still figuring it all out. <laughs> But I think that's what it is. It's it's acceptance of yes. it's acceptance of this is my situation. And you said about you know wanting to get back to normal again or getting back to yourself. And I think what I've learned is you do get back to a normal, but it's it's a new normal. Oh, you get yeah. back to uh because what has happened and what you've been through. You know, people some people don't want to remember it and they don't you know they don't want to talk about it and they'd rather not. But it's one of those things where, like you said, it's it it is accepting and it's owning it and it's saying, okay, this is what happened to me. Yeah. You know, whatever everyone's story is different and this is what's happened to me. And okay. It is now part of my life and it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily define, you know, um, some people will let it define them and that's fine. If people want to, exactly. there's, you know, absolutely that's fine, but it doesn't have to define you. And it's, it is how do you create this new normal and this basically this next chapter of life. Yeah. And it's, it's a, it's all like a learning process. Yeah. Life as a whole is a learning process. Um, and I think if you, like, for example, now to swing out of bed, I've got to put a leg on. Mm-hmm. Sounds, it still makes me laugh to say it, but like, you have to put a leg on. And, mm-hmm. or like, if I go for a long drive and I've got mates in the car or something, mm-hmm. I'll be like, oh, can someone pass me my leg? Like, just so I can get out of the car because I don't wear my yeah. leg when I drive. And it's just like, oh, it's just new stuff. Like, you just yeah. got to adapt. And I think that's the biggest thing is learning to adapt. Mm-hmm. And, like, people always have gone to me, oh, you were you were so strong through this. You were so strong through that. And I was like, if I wasn't mm-hmm. you like, A, you didn't see the dark moments, but B, I was just adapting and I was mm-hmm. just learning to adapt. And it's not like, like for example, walking, I've learned how to walk again. Mm-hmm. So now it's, I can walk again. So now it's back to like normal, mm-hmm. but it's all about just learning mm-hmm. and adapting. And that's what I found is like the biggest thing. Yeah. And I think you can learn from other people and 
similar or even dissimilar situations. You know, everybody learns from each other, but it is at the end of the day, you teaching yourself and figuring out what's right and wrong for you. You know, one thing that you do might not be the same for somebody else. And it is your, throughout the recovery, it is learning, it is learning the adaptions, but also like you said, is it's the dark moments and people don't a talk about the dark moments or don't always see the dark moments. Um, and those are the times when it can feel very lonely. Oh, massive. Yeah. Um, I had a really dark patch when I had that cage on my leg Mm -hmm. and I basically just couldn't see life going on and I couldn't see how I was going to get back to any sort of area or situation that was going to be good or that I could accept, Mm -hmm. um, or I could enjoy. And like, it got to the point where I got to like really close to suicide and, um, I, I've written like the note to my family and stuff like that to say, oh, like I'm, I'm going to go now and like really sorry, but I can't do this and all of that sort of stuff. So, um, but then I was really lucky that I've got a really good support network and I, just as that sort of all was happening, they accepted the decision to have my leg amputated. Mm-hmm. So then suddenly I was like, oh, there's actually another route here. Mm-hmm. I can, I can go learn. I can go. But like during that time, I didn't talk to anyone about that. Yeah, I wasn't talking to anyone. There was probably a few, like people could probably maybe tell mm-hmm. if there's around me for long enough because I wasn't that chatty. Yeah. Um, I wasn't going out. I was quite happy just to, well, I, I, not that I could really go out too much, but like if someone texted me going, oh, do you want to come for food? I'll pick you up or something like that. One of my mates, I'd probably text back and be like, no, yeah. I'm just going to stay in tonight. Um, and then, yeah, like you try and get through it and you try and just stick a brave face on it when you are around people, mm-hmm. but you're just there like suffering. And I remember we went and watched, um, Elin play and I was around a lot of my mates and we were having a, like, a bit of, it was a bit of a boozy one, mm-hmm. should we say, even though I was not probably meant to be drinking, but life goes on. <laughs> um, and we were like, yeah, just cracking on having a good time. And I just remember I was just looking at over that. Uh, so we stand where, where like the pictures, there's like a balcony, but we mm-hmm. all stand on that balcony and watch over. And I was just, I just remember like, I just started daydreaming. I wasn't even like looking at the game. I was just there just like in like that sort of drunk haze mm-hmm. of just, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Like, is this literally, I can sit here and watch a rugby match. I can then go back to bed. Mm-hmm. And then tomorrow, what am I going to do? I'm going to stay in bed all day. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, it's not, it's not for me. And and that's where it turned. But then, like everyone I was around, mm-hmm. they were having a right off and just cracking on. And you snap out of it and start chatting again. Put that, put that face back on. I guess is what it is. Is, um, and then yeah, eventually, I got uh, the decision, and I've got some really good mates who aren't within like that rugby sphere um and they're sort of one of them's a retired police officer now and sort of all of that mm-hmm. and he he brought a lot of perspective to my life and i then just sat down with him and i was like look this is where i'm at um this is the decision i've got to make and he was like all right let's just sit let's just chat mm-hmm. and we sat for like, probably hours and um yeah that then suddenly like i was like oh there's a way Mm-hmm. And by by talking, 
like I know I probably seem quite chatty, but in terms of th- things that when I'm going through them, I, I won't talk and I hate mm-hmm. talking. I'm one of the, like, it's just tough and I hate opening up. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, had that chat and I was like, why did, why did I not have that chat? Yeah. Six weeks ago, seven weeks ago, whenever. I was like, I was there and I was just like, actually, I feel so much better. And I know like everyone that you see sort of says that, but it's genuinely true. Mm-hmm. It's genuinely like a weight just came off and I was just like, Jesus, like, okay, let's, I went and hid like everything that I'd written and all of that sort of stuff. And I was like, okay, let's just mm. crack on in. I've said it to him a couple of times now where I was like, mate, you genuinely saved my life. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, oh, no, like, he shrugs off, but genuinely, like, he saved my life. And that's the reason that chat and those then subsequent chats that we had um, and just how good of a mate he is that within that time that he was the he was the one that sort of pulled me out of that hole. So I was really lucky. Yeah, and I think that's the thing is people people don't want to talk a lot and they don't want to say what's happened. And sometimes not even about the, that what it is that's happened. Sometimes people don't want to talk about what's going on in their head. And if it is, you know, it gets to the point where they don't want to be here anymore. But you are right. It's, I know, and I know everyone says it, and it almost sounds like it's a cliche when people say speak out, but it's not a cliche because speaking out actually saves lives. Yeah. And like, so then due to that, my whole time at Loughborough, I spoke to the sports psychologist that they've got there um, just to make sure that I was never going to go back to a bad place. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I speak to somebody else as well through the foundation mm-hmm. um, just because I know that then every little thing like builds up mm-hmm. and it could be nothing related to my leg, mm-hmm. but you've still got everyday problems, mm-hmm. everyday life problems, same as anyone else. Um, and then on top of that, like one day I can wake up and I just can't get my leg on. I got to hop about all day or mm-hmm. get in a wheelchair or crutches or anything like that. And it just adds and adds and adds and they're all just little bricks that sort of build. Um, and eventually that wall's going to get too big that it's not going to be able to mm-hmm. stand and it's going to topple. And that's when you break And by now always making sure that I've got someone there that I can chat to, um, who like like one of my biggest things is that they're removed like they're sort of removed from my life mm-hmm. so like mm. i think that was like one of the one of the big things now for me is that i can sort of get on with life i'm not whenever i now see my mates i'm not there going ah oh, mm-hmm. and you feel like you're bringing down the mood or because mm-hmm. i can just crack on with them now yeah because i've got somebody else yeah who's there and whenever i need them like i I could go get in the car now and give them a call and they'll just be like, oh yeah, how are you? Yeah. Yeah, let's have a chat. Crack on. And just having that person and that avenue, Mm -hmm. being able to have those conversations are so important. Mm -hmm. So, so important. And they're really what sort of help you through those moments when you think, what am I doing? What's going to happen? And like for me now, I've just retired from sport. Mm -hmm. I've just, I've had probably my next 10 years planned out of going to the Paris Paralympics, going to LA Paralympics, all the little chat, the like yeah. major champs in between. Um, knowing exactly what I'm doing, where I'm living, 
like I'm now I'm now back to a place where I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. What What am I like? Yeah, right. I get to go play golf and I get to, <laughs> you know, go You're do. Tired, remember? Yeah, sorry, yeah, Ginny put my feet up. <laughs> but yeah, no, like so. I'm now back to a place where not lost, but yeah. I'm not found because I don't know what I want to do with my life and I don't want to don't want to I don't know where I want to go even. Um, but I've got where I've been really lucky is that I've had these people now mm-hmm. that I can go speak to and I'm like, yeah, look, I, I, last night I, it it hit me. And I was like, I can I realised I'm never going to get that gold medal. I'm never going to mm-hmm. be able to achieve the dream that I wanted to achieve. And then you chat through it with them and you're like, yeah, right. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's okay. I feel a bit better. Yeah. And then you just carry on looking for opportunities and you just carry on doing what you're doing. And so, yeah, it's, it's always good to have somebody there yeah. to chat to. And I think that's also interesting. What you said is it's when your plan, cause everyone has plans and everyone has you know, week plans, month plans, year plans. Yeah. And I think people don't realize is that, I would say more than more than more times than not, the plans don't happen and they get shifted or they get changed. And that's a lot of the time when people then do get it's yeah. you know, they, they, they get yeah. into a state or they go into a dark place because their plans change. And I think it's it's OK to understand and to realize that plans do change. And, you know, whatever the circumstances are, yes, they've changed, but it's it's OK. Well, they've changed. Um so how am I going to move on from this? How am I going to, how am I now going to adapt, change my perspective? And, and almost, you know, sometimes when the plans change, greater things come from it. And you won't always, people don't always see that when it's happening. Oh, yeah, massive. And I think like we were having a chat earlier, obviously about social media, mm-hmm. you see this perfect life of this person, mm-hmm. whoever it may be, they've got this, they've got that, they've mm-hmm. got their house, they've got, oh, look, they're on holiday again. Mm-hmm again yeah um and you're like that's what i want so i I need to go work and Mm -hmm. suddenly like you panic and you get into sort of a state where you're like oh the social pressures sort of come in and you're like i need this i need Mm -hmm. that i want this i want that but actually to realize if you just step back and relax and Mm -hmm. okay it may be stressful but something is going to happen and something is going to come and if you work for for it and mm-hmm. you look at the opportunities you've got and you you take the time to assess where you're at. That's probably the biggest thing because what, I, like what I've been told and what I've sort of seen with a few people is they, they rush mm. and something like, so for example, in my situation, I was retired and then suddenly an opportunity, if it came up, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, let's go, let's go. Yeah. And you go fully into it. It could be the complete wrong opportunity, yeah. but what's that? You panic because you've got, yeah. you know, ah, rent to pay you've got bills mm-hmm. to pay you've got all of that so it's one of it's like it's one of those funny like i was saying before if um so when i did my had my like amputation i did that um photo a day or mm-hmm. video a day for the gram <laughs> for the gram doing it for the gram uh, so that is a phrase now for yeah. the ground. <laughs> I thought I'd keep like this podcast relevant. No, no, yeah. it is. It's for the this is going on the ground. It's for the ground. <laughs> um, but yeah, but honestly, that was horrific. Yeah. Like I'm not a social media person. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know how people sit in front of these fancy lights and, <laughs> as, as I say, doing it, but, um, like, genuinely do that all day, every, like, yeah. every day. And, um, yeah, that that was tough. Mm-hmm. That was really tough, like, putting on that, like, happy face yeah. of, I, yeah, guys, look at me, I'm mm-hmm. sitting up in bed today, mm-hmm. or, like, oh, I'm doing this, or, you know. Yeah. But it was a great way that everyone could then follow my story, and it was amazing, like, the connections I got out of it. Yeah. Um, and like the people that you maybe don't talk to that much, but you do talk to, yeah. if you know what I mean, um, they could follow it yeah. really happily. Um, but at the same time, it was a pain. Yeah, no, I'm sure. And it's it, that's also an interesting point is about not not rushing, because I think a lot of people, especially I think the younger and younger people are getting now, is they feel like they need to have the part the right partner and then the right job and the right lifestyle and the right house all by a certain age now and i think it doesn't matter if your friends are doing it even if your family are doing it everyone's on a different path massively and it doesn't matter what age you get to the things you want if you want certain things you you will get them if that's what you want and you keep striving and working towards it but it's not you know just because your mate got the perfect xyz by that age you might not get that and i think it's also one of those things to realize is that and that's okay if you don't get it by that age because you'll get it when you're ready to get it exactly um so yeah it's it's not rushing and it's not just taking things because that's what you want it's it's taking it's doing things that are right for you yeah and realizing that you're on that different pathway that different journey and um like one of my journeys i completed netflix yes (laughs) just there there about exactly for eight months so i was just like happily yeah watched it all um but yeah so that's just realizing that like then maybe when your mates this is going to sound but when your mates want to watch something you've already watched it (laughs) (laughs) they're on a different like journey but like i know i like that using that it's probably the best example but it's an example yeah that's like you just sort of have to just take it as it comes and yeah roll like roll with the punches that's mm-hmm. that is what happens and just yeah take it easy yeah i uh i still really enjoy the fact that you completed netflix <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we discussed it earlier <laughs> and i really still enjoy i like to hear the somebody say i completed netflix it's almost one of those like i i completed netflix oh, it's on my cv like <laughs> first first thing like it's probably gonna Sounds be like, achievements yeah put it in my bio and stuff. <laughs> you should you should i want to see it after i'm gonna check it on instagram LinkedIn, after I'm my, my linkedin i'm gonna be like yeah completed netflix yeah, netflix done. i feel like it needs like mate at the end you know like completed netflix mate you know how it, <laughs> sometimes people say that i don't know why yeah. it needs that at the end <laughs> one of those things and um i i i, I do just want to ask what was your favorite netflix show or film out of the plenty oh film probably was the highwayman which was okay. like a netflix uh, like own series mm-hmm. or not series film and um basically how they caught bonnie and clyde mm-hmm. um so that i really enjoyed but then like i enjoy anything that's based on a true story okay so all the sporting ones yeah. um on prime obviously mm-hmm. got all those all or nothing series yeah did all them um so yeah uh series wise <laughs> oh i did friends again again That's yeah, a, yeah. that was a yeah. big shift yeah um 
the enjoyment part of it was like did Harry Potter's in like four days nice or something I did it like literally back to back because I was only sleeping for like two hours at a time yeah in between the films yeah literally <laughs> do a film nap film yeah. nap and that just carried on for the seven or eight films yeah. that there are of them um, so yeah like it's just nice to be able to like a good distraction yeah but now I can say that I've completed Netflix. Yeah, but that's the thing. Now you go home tonight and it's like, what do I watch? Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> completed it, completed it. <laughs> completed it. Oh, no, I saw that as well. <laughs> Thankfully, there's new stuff on there. Yeah, yeah. Thankfully, that, that's there. Someone's been working hard enough. They realise that I've completed yeah, it. Yeah, they, they did it for you. <laughs> Let's put another movie on. <laughs> oh, Ben again. Yeah, oh, this one's for him. Oh, yeah, you'll be in the like top percentage of users. Well, if you probably look at the account and the amount of hours yeah. watched it, yeah, it's probably quite up there. Yeah, well, this one is for Netflix. If you are watching this, yeah. have a look at his profile. <laughs> I want to see what his stats are <laughs> compared to you know someone else's, mine. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, it's awesome. Is there anything else that you want to mention or discuss? Oh, I think we, yeah. Yeah? No, I don't need to. No, that's good. I just want to ask, though, if you have any advice for, again, I know everyone's story is different, and that's the point of this, is everyone has a very different story. But I feel like everyone in their own way, even if it's a word or a sentence or a phrase or a hobby, everyone can relate in some shape or form. So it, I know it's quite a generalized thing, and obviously it doesn't have to be generalized, but if you have advice for just... I think anyone that's going through something uh, no, a really tough time and, you know, maybe even a point of, you know, maybe wanting to give up, but how, what would you say to not? Talk. Hmm. I think that's the biggest thing is even like, as I said, having someone removed that. So if you're not comfortable chatting to somebody, so like for me personally, I was never going to discuss what I was going to do in terms of my like suicide stuff with either like my family mm-hmm. or close friends, because that was until like Scotty sort of brought it up. Cause he was like, Oh, look, I can see it in you. And I was yeah. like, Oh, cause he obviously through his line of work, he knew the signs and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. But until that happened, I was never going to talk about it. But now having someone like, if you're not comfortable talking to somebody that's within your main circle, mm-hmm. There's loads of people out there who will listen. Like, even if it's on the Insta, like, get in touch with me, I'll listen because I've been there, I've done it, and I know how dark and horrible it is. Um, so just have someone that's maybe removed mm-hmm. from your circle um, who obviously will be confidential, and then you can just you can open up. And once you've opened up once, you'll feel so much better mm-hmm. when you just have that weight gone and, you may not get the answers that you want right there and then. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be like a, what's 15 plus 5. <laughs> you write down the answer and they're like, correct. Yeah. Okay. But it's going to be like, you're suddenly going to start to have a conversation about things and start to understand the whys yeah. and the, the what's and how it's happening. And Okay, this has happened, but what can we do about it? Yeah. What's next? How can we overcome this obstacle? Mm-hmm. And again, you might not get the answers, but mm-hmm. by chatting through it, you can start to like envision it a bit better and yeah hopefully bring yourself out of that place and start to to move on in a positive way yeah and it's it's one of those things where 
if plan A or B or C don't go to plan. Um, that was great English. <laughs> um, but it is, it's, it's if, if, you know, your first A, B, C, it doesn't go the way you want it to. There is still D, E, F, G, you know, there's still yeah. many different routes and avenues and ways that you can do something if the first, even 10, don't go the way you want. No, yeah, 100%. And I love that you've got the alphabet in there. Yeah, That's exactly. Well <laughs> it's a learning curve for everyone. <laughs> See? Yeah. And then it gets to L, M, N, O, P. It's not L, M, remember, did you not do that as a kid? No. You got to A, B, C, I'm going to do this now. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P. Did you never no. say it like that? I was never bright enough to oh. get to the alphabet. Not even L, M, N, O, P. It's <laughs> no. the way it just flows. No. Okay. Oh, I might just stop it there. <laughs> <laughs> this is where it stops. <laughs> that's the point. In, you know what? And that's what something I've learned. Um, I've learned in life, especially. And I think especially with what I've been through over the last year, because it was my anniversary of my accident in August as well. So oh, both of us no, having no. August anniversaries. Um, anniversary. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, but what I learned, so mine was, you know, a year, just over a year ago now. But what I learned is it's also not taking yourself too seriously. Oh, yeah. um, and it's it's almost just saying yes to life and um, maybe not everything, you know, some things you yeah. don't say yes to. But, you know, it's saying yes to life and it's not taking yourself too seriously. And it's... Um, it's almost laughing at, it's laughing yeah, at things. Yeah, you have to laugh at it. And I was like, I was really lucky that um, I had a good, obviously, rugby culture. Yeah. You do just laugh at it. And, like, within within a week of having my leg amputated, I got bought one of those Halloween um, sort of, like, body part legs. Yeah. And they were like, oh, Ben, we've got your replacement leg. Yeah. And they just gave it to me. And I was just in hospital then with this fake leg. And the <laughs> nurses and stuff were, like, coming around. And I was just there like, oh, mm-hmm. got my leg back. Mm-hmm. And they were like, no, you haven't. <laughs> like, oh, you haven't understood this, have you? Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, so like, and then one of the lads, uh, he he kept on my Instagram, mm-hmm. I'd post like, I'd go canoeing. And he'd mm-hmm. be like, oh, did you see that shark? And is that how you lost your leg? Yeah. Or like, I'd go, oh, I don't even know. Like, he'd just find a way every yeah. day. Just as a laugh, just to like, but that's what you need. You need to be able to laugh about it and just have that sense of humour and yeah. find it. You, you have to find it funny at the end of the day. Yeah. For me personally, I do. Um, and like, you have to find the pluses. Yeah. Like, I can now drink beer out my leg. I don't need a glass. Nice. Easy. Easy win in life. Yeah. And then you just have to find like the pluses. Obviously, I'm. That's not a real plus, but <laughs> I mean... someone like, probably takes that the wrong way. But um, no, you just have to find like there are. You can still do everything. You can still like live your life, and just have to find a new way. And mm-hmm. that's all. Yeah, it's it's all the different ways of doing things. Exactly. 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 Well, I think that's that's us done. So it's actually been it's been nice to. Like we just said about laughing about the certain things, I feel like yeah. it's been a lot of laughs, <laughs> which is nice um, because obviously before we even started recording, we sat down and we basically went through each other's stories together. Yeah. Um, and then we just sit here and we can just laugh about them again. So, but that's what, like you just said as well, it's, it's, it is finding it's some, there is something so pure about humor. 
and something so pure about laughing about obviously i you know some people may never laugh about certain things which is totally okay exactly you know some people don't want to but sometimes finding the humor in whatever's happened you know where whenever you get to a certain point it's in a way it can it does help sometimes yeah and it it heals i I find personally um humor heals and it's a good way to like sort of not burn the bridges but like i'm trying i can't think of the same um you need some help (laughs) english isn't my strong point i think maybe i'll tell um no but it's a good way of just being able to also make everyone at ease yeah um and i think then everybody it's just everyone's when everyone's having a laugh everyone's sort of a bit more relaxed and that's what i find with human just being able to personally have a laugh about my leg Mm -hmm. um it's just it's everyone at ease and it's it's a good like icebreaker yeah no i i get exactly what you mean yeah, that makes a lot of sense so. Not that i vocalized it very well but there you go you know what <laughs> you both no you did you vocalized you did vocalize it well and don't worry i i, I understood and i you know people will understand so don't worry <laughs> because it makes sense it's uh it it you know you got the phrase correct it's like it's almost like an icebreaker it's like okay yes i've been through this and Sometimes when when people do tell their story or something that's happened, like people's faces and and sometimes the shock or the, you know, which is, again, is fine. Everyone reacts to situations very differently. But there is that point of humor where if you you start laughing and then they're a bit like, yeah, just the face changes and they're a lot more eased and then it's it's easier. For sure. For sure. Thanks, Ben. It really has been a laugh. And Netflix, you need to make some more shows especially for Ben. Your next chapter of life isn't as scary as you might think. You can create it and tailor it exactly how you want. No one is stopping you. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next episode.